Uh, a story came out yesterday that I, I was kind of surprised to see fourplexes. You know what fourplex is, right? I, I, I've seen them. There's not many. Like, I was trying to think. I think there's one down in Riverdale that I've seen. Um, I can't really put... I know they exist, but they're pretty few and far between. Uh, not a lot of them. But they do exist. However, in lots of places in Canada, they're illegal. Like, they're banned. You can't build a fourplex. And given the lack of affordable housing, that th- that makes no sense to me. None. The limited number of them here doesn't make a lot of sense either because... Think about it. They seem to be a pretty great way to tackle any number of the issues presented by the housing crisis, right? So is it time to embrace the fourplex? Do we need to see more of these? Make them a much bigger part of Canada's urban landscape. We're going to speak with uh, James McKellar, who's a professor emeritus of real estate and infrastructure at York. Uh, James, thanks so much for uh, being here today. I appreciate your time. Oh, thank you for having me. Let's make sure we're all talking about the same thing. A fourplex, that's basically one building with four units, like a, like a double duplex, I guess, right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, you know, the way I like to describe it to people is just uh, have a square and then divide it into four segments, you okay. know, with a horizontal line in the middle and a horizontal line, or a vertical line, and, and, uh, and uh, you end up with four units. So that's essentially what it is. And you said it well before. It's kind of like two duplexes yeah. put together. Side by side. Sure. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah. And, and they're banned? Like they're illegal in some parts of Canada? Well, you know, it, it's interesting. If you go back to the 1920s in Toronto, they banned a lot of this type of housing because it, it meant undesirable people. Uh, you know, drinkers, fornicators, uh, criminals. Uh, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, just, you know, th- that was the era of right, the temperance sure. union. So uh, on the other hand, the good news is cities like Montreal uh, are full of this kind of housing. And Montreal's got a very vibrant downtown. Uh, about 70% of people in Montreal rent and they enjoy it. Uh, they have a lot of walk-ups, I, you know, whether they're all duplexes or not, but they have a lot of, uh, you know, this type of housing downtown. Toronto doesn't. Toronto and Vancouver, 70, 80, 70% or more of the city is single-family housing, and it's because of the, the zoning. The zoning, that's you, what I was going to say. So, I mean, even if they aren't banned, and they're not, like I say, I know there are fourplexes in Edmonton, but there's yeah. not many, and that's a factor of zoning. Like They still don't fit into the single-family dwelling, so they've got that going against them. Even if they're legal, they still got the zoning issues, right? Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and zoning is to keep the undesirables out. Still. Pure and simple. Uh, you know, whether you call it nimbyism, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And the sad thing is that there's such a, a, a need because much of this zoning goes back, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 60, 70 years or more. And yet, if you look at the households today, one of the biggest problems we're, fa- you know, we're facing is that in another 20 years or, or less, uh, 35% of households will be over 65. Right. So we have an aging population. We have young people that if they want to live uh, on something, certainly in the city like Toronto, and I can't speak for Edmonton, but they, they can't afford a single family no, house. No. And, and they're stuck in a 650 square foot uh, condo on the 25th floor. Um, so, you know, I like to turn it around and say zoning shape uh, prohibits building uh, certain buildings. 
but it doesn't take into account the the real thing, which is housing need. Right. Exactly. Uh, I mean, it, it would it would help us immeasurably on that front. Exactly. And, you know, I, I give people examples, extended families where, uh, you know, you, you might have a unit and, and uh, your, your, your parents have a unit. It can provide forms of uh, income where uh, a couple of children move out and they rent the suite. Um, so it, it, it's a, it solves a multiplicity. And it's just an example of where we have to get off this bandwagon of the single family yes. housing is best and the high rise is second best. Yeah. There's, you know, I don't believe we should even build high rise. I mean, I, I, I look at cities in Europe and other places that have solved the problem without going into high rise. But that's a dilemma of the current zoning. It forces you either single family or high rise. You're right. You're right. We don't have, and this would definitely be part of that, that, that middle area, which would help. Plus, there's an upside for cities too, right? Like if you're, if you're running a city and you, you, you densify through these means, um, then you tackle the issue of urban sprawl, which I hate and which is really expensive. There's a benefit to cities to, to adopt this kind of thinking. Yeah. I mean, for example, in the city of Toronto now, uh, because new infrastructure is so expensive, they're loading it on uh, new developments. The city charges ninety thousand dollars per unit for a development fee. Ninety thousand, and and the reason is that the, with this low density spread, you've got police stations, yeah. fire stations, libraries. Um, why not intensify what we already have? You know, uh, on a fifty foot lot, I can put one dwelling or I can put four dwellings. Uh, they don't all have to be large. Um, and, uh, and the, the, you know, it, it just, I've always said cities work best when people get, uh, closer together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they I become think... more, you know, they become more tolerant. We used to have that in a city like Toronto, and I can't talk about Edmonton, but we used to have a, it was called the streetcar city. And people got off the streetcar, they went to the local butcher hardware, et cetera, and they had to walk home. And so you had, you know, you had these, um, uh, a close-in neighborhood. Sure, Montreal yeah. really exemplifies that. I don't know if you've been to Montreal, oh, yeah. but it you know it's full of small restaurants, etc., etc., etc. So it it brings with it a lot of other things. Um, so uh, you know, I I'm a big proponent that we have to explore what I think you're referring to as that kind of middle ground yeah. housing. Yeah, I think, James, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, unfortunately, I'm out of time, but thank you so much. I, uh, I think you're hitting... No, uh, I'm, ha- I'm happy to help. And by the way, you have a great city. I, I've <laughs> done work in Edmonton. and uh, But we sprawl, James. Of- We've got sprawl issues here. I mean, you wouldn't believe it. When was the last time you were here? Yeah, no, I, I was going to say both Calgary and Edmonton yes. are still too car dependent. No, I, James, I think I, I don't even know if it's car dependent, but um, the sprawl is crazy. But thank you so much for your time today. I okay, appreciate then. it. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank, thank you. you so much.